This is Health Matters with patience. Your choice, your life. A very good evening. Uh, you're listening to my station, your station, ZFM Stereo. Here's me hoping that uh, your week has been nothing short of fabulous. And uh, today is indeed a very special day because the 7th of April, we're commemorating World Health Day. I'm hoping you've heard something about this. And uh, this year, really concentrating on the environment around us and how it affects our health and how it's important that in also taking care of our health, we also take care of the environment uh, but today's discussion is uh, based on access uh, to an um, SRHR and HIV information and services and uh, this is all in the context of COVID-19 and joining me today on the line I have um, my guest for today uh, Raymond Majambe who is SRHR youth officer Raymond good evening and welcome uh, good evening and uh, thank you for inviting me to be on the program. Excited. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, also joining us is Dean Mutata, who is an SRHR youth officer as well. Dean, welcome. Uh, good evening and um, thanks, thank you for questions as well as um, thanks to all the listeners. I'm happy to be on the show. Great. Now, sexual and reproductive health is a field of research and health care and social activism that um, explores the health of an individual's reproductive system and sexual well-being during all the stages of their life. So you've heard me uh, use uh, the, uh, say, SRHR, but SRHR actually stands for sexual and reproductive health. I had to uh, say that again. And um, uh, the term can also be further defined more broadly within the framework of the World Health Organization's definition of health as a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity uh, to denote sexual well-being encompassing the ability of an individual to have responsible, satisfying and safe sex and the freedom to decide if, when and how often to do so. Uh, now, I'm going to um, start off with a question for you, Raymond. But in case you're just joining me, this is Health Matters on ZFM Stereo every single Thursday from 8.30 to 9 o'clock. And if you have any questions at all, the number to use is 0731168045. Now, Raymond, uh, could you please give us a brief introduction uh, to SRHR and HIV services? Uh, thank you so much, patients. Um like you have rightly said um, when you were just introducing us, um, according to the, our, our site, the recent uh, definitions that were adopted in 2018 by the Gatmark uh, Lancet Commission, uh, which has defined uh, sexual reproductive health and rights services as comprising of comprehensive sexuality education, uh, issues around um, antenatal care, maternal care, as well as post-care. We are also looking at issues around um, safe abortion services. Uh, we are also looking at the post-abortion care services. We are looking at contraceptive service provision. We are looking at issues around uh, treatment, detection of issues around sexually transmitted infections. We are also looking at um, issues to do 
with the information and education around sexual reproductive health and rights, which I've referred to as comprehensive sexuality education. We are also looking at, um, at HIV prevention uh, in its entirety uh, in terms of um, uh, issues around uh, condomizing. You know, it's also part of the SRHR and HIV services. So it's a, it's a, it's a broad it's a broad aspect of um, of services in terms of meeting um, the, the 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 needs of of a, of a, of an individual, and also it includes issues around uh, psychosocial support, counselling on issues around gender-based violence. So it's a number of issues which are critical uh, for one's well-being um, in terms of uh, their health. Uh, I think in a nutshell that's basically the SRHR and HIV services which we are always pushing to say uh, there must be access of these services otherwise we have another disaster. <laughs> Thank you. Well explained Raymond. Thank you very much. And, and Dean, could you please share with us experiences of young people in accessing SRHR and HIV services during COVID-19? I know some of these issues uh, made it to the news, uh, but please, uh, you know, for some of us who, who didn't get to read about this or hear about this, please share. All right. Um, th- thank you so much, uh, persons. And um, once again, thanks again to the listeners. Um, to be quite honest, patients, they are a plethora of experiences or they are a plethora of things that we can cite as one of the as some of the experiences, negative and even positive experiences that young people have been experiencing during um, the COVID-19 period and in its entirety. But however, for the sake of time, I will try as much as possible just to throw in some few nuggets out there just to get the discussion going. And... Um, uh, as you rightly said, um, we, we are really going to be touching base on the experiences. And as myself, or rather as an organization, we deal directly with young people in different communities. And one of the things that we do, we try as much as possible to make um, access to services. In this case, SRHR services as well as HIV services are easily accessible to young people. So. When, I, when I'm going to speak of the, some of the experiences, the first-hand experiences, because we deal with young people directly. And I'll tell you this. Um, you see, as, as, as the lockdown came into place, we, we had the first beat of the lockdown, you know, when it was strict relations, when it was the first 21 days. And moving forward to it, there was the relaxation of, of, of the lockdown. And you'd realize that the experiences between the two phases were a bit different. And I'll tell you what. The experiences which young people were experiencing from the urban areas, be it the metropolitan, the Harare, the Bulawayo, et cetera, et cetera, are different from the experiences from those ones who are actually um, living in, um, in rural areas. So I'll tell you one of the key uh, things that I'll tell you, talk about. Um, one of the things that young people always cite about is issues around attitudes by service providers. Many a times when you go to communities, we engage with young people, you know, trying to understand why are young people failing to access SRHR services. And as Raymond rightfully said, it's a comprehensive package of SRHR services. Always people make a mistake that whenever we talk about SRHR services, we're talking about sex. In this case, we may even talk about access to sexual gender-based violence, reporting as well as managing the cases. It's also one of the things that you realize that attitudes from service providers themselves have hindered young people to access these services. 
You know, I'll give you an example. When you when you walk in into a public health facility as a young person wanting to access, let's say in this particular case, a contraceptive, you are above 18 in this case. The first thing that you get from the service provider is the service provider always wear the motherly jacket before they offer you the service. They always probe into these personal questions as to say, what were you doing with sex? And in Shona, I would rather say, why don't you wait in one You get it. Already, even if you are trying to also access services which may help you in terms of an STI, already you are going to shine away. Henceforth, you already think of other alternatives that you can use to actually get these services, which don't necessarily imply you working into a health facility. So I'll talk about issues around stigma from service providers. And I'll also talk about self-stigma amongst young people, like I was talking about earlier on, to say the minute you, you give me a negative impression when, I'm, when I forthcome actually come to a health facility, it makes me want to shun away. It even creates the idea of self-stigma. And also, as if it's not enough, I would also want to talk about um, structural barriers. Not, only, not also to dive into this one much, but I want to talk about there are issues around policy inconsistencies in terms of accessing SRHR services. Maybe just to throw in a nugget within our discussion as we go on, is that you'd realize that as a young person, age of consent to sexual activities is 16. But age of consent to health services after you have practiced the safe sex that we are talking about, it's 18. Henceforth, creating an inconsistency amongst this age barrier between the 16th and the 18th to say that if I manage to have sex without the parental consent, how then am I going to be able to access the services if I am below the age of 18? I think as one of the nuggets that we're just going to be discussing throughout the, throughout the discussion, I just wanted to throw it there to say these are some of the things, these are some of the experiences that young people are actually dealing with or facing as they try to access um, access to SRHR services and HIV services. I think with, with that, I would also throw it back to you and we'll have the discussion going. Thanks to you. You know, you you saying all of that, um, I also uh, just uh, remembered uh, hearing of so many issues, especially those times Patangatiru were deep in lockdown. I mean, how yeah. were people accessing, uh, you know, sexual and reproductive health services then? Could maybe you need something, some some um, family planning pill or something, uh, but, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. being asked to stay at home. Or maybe you're on medication and, you know, you have the right not to disclose what it is yeah. that you need the medication for but and you know it, it's your right to be able to get these services without disclosing anything so it must have been a uh, really hectic uh, for a lot of people out there uh, but uh, Dean mm-hmm. uh, if you could also just go on and tell us more about um, tell us about uh, the youth wise Zimbabwe and how um, it works in ensuring that young people access SRA, HR and HIV prevention services? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Preston. I think um, maybe just to add a little bit to, to what you just highlighted earlier on and maybe to say to, to all the listeners so that it doesn't sound as if we are making up these stories. You know, there's always a narrative that um, civil society makes up these stories and there are no numbers to back it up. I'll tell you what, last year, the first quarter of last year, 
um, the government actually issued a statement to say that over 5,000 girls, teenage girls, had fallen pregnant between the period of 2020 to 2021. And also, not only that, they also reported that um, over 1,800 girls had entered into early child marriages by just the period where we had been in deep lockdown during that phase. So maybe just to paint a picture to everyone else to say, these are real numbers. And you know, when we say 5,000 in its broad terms, it sounds as if we are talking about people who don't exist. But it's, it only takes one child who is within your family. That's when you realize that an early child pregnancy is a thing of, that is actually happening. And one of the reasons why we are here, it's because we are actually denying or restricting access to sexual reproductive health services. And maybe also just to also come back to, to the second question you asked me of what is the youth wise and how do we work to ensure that young people access services? I'll tell you what, um, I, I would also want uh, Raymond to come in in terms of the youth wise, but I'll just tell you um, a, a, a nugget of what the youth wise is. So within um, SRHR Africa Trust as an organization, we have a youth branch. Like I said, we're a youth serving organization. But within the youth serving organization, we have a youth branch that is called the YouthWise. What the YouthWise does, it seeks to empower young people with information, accurate and authentic information in so far as access to SRHR services is concerned. And as you well know, an informed person is in a better place to make good health decisions. And how do we then ensure that young people access services? Within the YouthWise branch, we have a component, what we call the community outreaches. So what we do is within the community outreaches is that during the lockdown, we noticed that young people, like you rightly said earlier on, persons to say, young people were, were restricted from moving from one point to the other. Others were even asked to disclose their HIV status, which is private, by the way, so that you can be able to pass through the roadblock. So as an organization, we then figured what's the creative or innovative way to then ensure that access to services is not disrupted. We then realized that why do we not take the SRHR services to the communities where the young people are? In this case, we are talking about contraceptives. In this case, we are talking about the information education. And also in this case, we're talking about the HIV testing and counseling. Not only that, we're also talking about the mental health, the psychosocial support part of it, which Raymond was referring to earlier on. So how do we then do this? We identify a need. We do a needs-based um, analysis on the ground. And then we realize, okay, for instance, or for example, for argument's sake, in Mufakosi, we've identified that there's an increase in HIV infections and there's an increase in STI infections. How best can we ensure that young people are healthy and we protect the, uh, the health of an adolescent? We then engage with our different partners that we work with. We, we work with different service providers. We then take the commodities from, let's say, in this case, we have a clinic that is in town. We then take our commodities from the clinic to the community, and then we ensure that young people get these services. And in all this process, we do this for free, and we ensure that young people get these services for free. Not only that, one of the other major components of the YouthWise is that we focus on disseminating accurate and correct information education around comprehensive sexuality. And like I was saying earlier on, a lot of people always get it wrong by thinking that we're talking about sex. But it's not only that. We also talk about menstrual health management. It's very really difficult, um, good, good thanks to technology now that kids can actually Google some of these things. But it's very really difficult for my marginalized community 
to find a father, let's say in this case there is an absence of a, of a female within the family, it's very difficult for a father to start discussing issues around menstrual health management because, oh, well, I don't know where you come from, but it's called a taboo. So what do we do? As an organization, we then try to come and bridge that gap within information dissemination to say, this is the correct information. How do we do that? Through radio platforms like today, like we just did, as well as we also use what we call um, community radio stations where we try as much as possible to engage local people, to engage with them, their different organizations or their different caucuses to discuss about these things. Additionally, within the YouthWise, we also have what we call the Youth Hub. The Youth Hub, these are safe spaces as well, where young people just come, as well as older generations. We have what we call intergenerational dialogues, where we come, we identify the problems which are affecting young people insofar as access to SRHR is concerned, and we also come up with solutions. So I think in a, in a nutshell, that's how we ensure access to services, and that's how we've been ensuring access to services during the COVID-19 period. Thanks and over to you, Patience. Well, you're listening to my station, your station, ZFM Stereo. Our time is exactly nine minutes to nine. And this is Health Matters every single Thursday, around about this time. And today we're talking about sexual and reproductive health and rights. And uh, joining me today, I have Dean Mutata and Raymond uh, Majambe. Both of them are um, youth officers. Uh, now, uh, Raymond, how do young people get involved with the youth-wise? So much patience. Um, I think uh, Dean has, uh, has summed it all in terms of our engagement uh, programs. So young people can get in touch with us uh, through our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, um, written YouthWise, with a Wise, uh, W-Y-Z-E, um, Zimbabwe, YouthWise Zimbabwe, uh, where we, 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 we share our information and education around SRHR, so young people can follow our pages, uh, like our page for updates, engagements that we'll be having in terms of our Facebook Lives, our online discussions, and various um, engagements. So physically, they can also um, visit us at number 13 Duthi or Dati uh, Road uh, along Belgravia, I mean in Belgravia along 2nd Street, uh, where they can physically visit our, um, our offices where we have our, our youth-wise spaces there where young people can access, interact, like what Dean has said earlier, as a safe space where they can interact, dialogue, learn, and get a lot of capacity building around uh, sexual reproductive health and rights as well as HIV prevention. So we encourage uh, our listeners to follow and like our page to engage. Uh, even they can send a message on our um, on our WhatsApp numbers, um, Seven seven zero seven seven five seven seven nine two three zero for for being linked to our platforms that we engage online as well. So it's a, it's an interactive space that we encourage young people to be engaged. Thank you, patients. There's a question here for you. Uh, somebody here wants to know, and you know, this question, Nagandichi Rifunga as well, when we're talking about it in the very beginning. Anza pana jamunga ite remu makleni kimo momo kutima sister abate van jokanak. Ah, thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's, it's also something that we are working on. We are right now 
in a in a in a working partnership with uh, with some local clinics that we are working with uh, to strengthen uh, their service delivery around youth friendly services. I know, like what Dean said earlier, that uh, there are attitude issues when a young person gets to a service, to a health facility. Uh, they are sometimes, you know, uh, addressed in a certain manner. Uh, because remember, uh, before you are a nurse, you are a mother, you are a sister, you are an uncle. And, you know, when you see a client who is maybe uh, a very, at a very young age, you, you tend to say certain things. So in terms of our engagement, we are doing what we call value clarification attitudes and transformation with the health service providers to ensure that they also um, provide um, youth-friendly services when there is a need. Thank you. Well, looking at it, uh, that we haven't quite uh, said goodbye to COVID-19. For all we know, there may be more to come in the future. If it so happens that we end up in another lockdown, what is the best way uh, of of dealing with situations whereby there's a lockdown and then there's a roadblock uh, without necessarily uh, making other people feel harassed or uncomfortable? Uh, what, What is the way forward for that for the future? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think there should be enforcement around uh, the statutory instruments. For example, I remember there was uh, issues around sexual reproductive health and rights and, uh, and HIV services were regarded as essential services. And uh, I, I think there is need for more sensitization to our security, security officers uh, in terms of the soldiers and police with regards to to these issues so that they are also prioritized because I I remember there were issues around uh, defaulting for those who are on art treatment Uh, because they were defaulting, they could not get access through the roadblocks. Some had letters, but they were not allowed. So in future, we are saying um, the the security security officers should also be informed around these, these services, that they are essential services and uh, that they should be given access without any hindrances. So I feel it's an issue that we need to push even as we are advocating to say as as these policies uh, are being made, as these statutory instruments are being made, may it also be, uh, may they also be sensitized amongst the security sector to ensure that uh, there is free passage for those who want those services. Because imagine like what Dino was saying, those statistics, coming out of a lockdown, you have 5,000, uh, teenage pregnancies, how many school dropouts, what does it mean for one primary school, what does it mean for one secondary school. So those are some of the things that we need to take seriously as we look at also achieving the Agenda 2030 around meeting the Sustainable Development Goals, uh, SDG 3, in terms of um, the good health and well-being of, of, of our nation. Thank you. And um, as youth-wise, Zimbabwe, do you intervene within families if maybe a young person is having a problem communicating with parents and guardians? Is that something that you're open to do? Oh, yeah. So within our, our module as youth-wise, we, we, we use the information, education, counseling, and services um, approach. So in terms of the counseling approach, we, we also make referrals. Because within our our, our youth wise, we don't have capacity to, to 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 do that kind of engagement. But we work with, for example, the Institute of Social 
Institute of Women Social Workers, we, we also link them to those um, social workers who also have what they call hurukuru engagement with parents, which we also uh, refer them to ensure that um, those kind of issues are dealt with at that level. Like I said, our component on counseling also helps us to, to, to link and ensure that um, whoever has that kind of a challenge are supported at that level. And um, we, we also work with Population Services Zimbabwe. We also have counsellors. Um, we also work with the Friendship Bench. We also, we also have counsellors to support some of those dynamics. Uh, thank you, patients. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, that's um, uh, Raymond Mashambe and Dean Amutata, and uh, both of them SRHR uh, youth officer, officers. And uh, today we've been talking about sexual and reproductive health and rights. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Well, th- thank you so much, person. Thank you. And uh, so that's all for uh, this week's Health Matters. I'm hoping that you've learned something. Uh, Certainly do look out for Youth White Zimbabwe and uh, follow them. Like if you have any questions at all, you can just go ahead and DM. There'll be more on Health Matters next week. Same time right here on ZFM Stereo. My name is Patience Musa. Until next week, claim it, take it, own it, rock it. This is Health Matters with Patience. Your choice, your life.